If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 52 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Father's Day, Sunday, June 21st, 2020. As always, let's get things started by giving our shout-outs to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and see where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jeb, for spreading the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, as a reminder, guys, be sure to also follow me on all social medias. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter, which is, of course, the social media app that I am most disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And you could find me on Instagram as well, at MikeScuds90. And don't forget to always be sure to spread the word on social media about Yapping Yankees as well. But guys, it is Father's Day, June 21st, episode 52. The time is flying as it usually always does. I did, of course, want to start the show by wishing all the dads out there a happy Father's Day, especially my father. Dad, I love you very, very much. You have done so much for me and Thomas, who's my brother, for those who don't know. And we truly could not ask for a more loving and supportive father. And we can't wait to spend the day with you later, Dad. I love you so, so much. And I didn't want to start the show without saying that. I gave a big shout out to my mom on Mother's Day, and I'm giving a big shout out to my dad here on Father's Day. And I'm also recording this show early today, and we'll have this episode out for you much earlier than I usually do on a typical Sunday, so my brother and I can get to spending the day with our father, and so all of you listening can enjoy the holiday as well. So, let's waste no further time with that said and get right into things. We got some things to discuss after a very hectic week. You'll see in just a minute what that's all about, but we'll do this week's poll today. We'll brush through some quick things in Yankees news, and we'll yap about this crazy, hectic roller coaster of a week in MLB news, and then I shall be on my way on this Father's Day. So let's do this. We'll start on Twitter for this week's poll, as we always do, and this week's question is, did the restart of negotiations between owners and players since Wednesday make you any more confident about baseball being played in 2020? And of 
course, give me your thoughts in the comments for your shout-out on the podcast, as did many of you. The two choices for this poll, quite simply, are yes, the restart of negotiations did make me more confident, or no, it hasn't. And boy, are these results going to make you laugh, because they made me laugh too, and it really shows just how tired everybody is with these negotiations and how little everybody believes in or even cares about the owners and the players at this point. And it may not come as a surprise to many of you. It didn't come as much of a surprise to me as well because the last few weeks, all of my polls have grown to be more and more pessimistic amongst the baseball community, and rightfully so. And boy, did that trend continue this week. It is just so funny how little everybody believes in this. And you know what? People have a right to feel this way because, again, the owners and the players, they've made it abundantly clear that the fans are not a concern of theirs. It's been made abundantly clear, so why would the fans care much longer about them? And I know what you're saying, Mike, I thought you really took the side of the players, and I did and still do, but you know I also took a middle-of-the-road approach to it, and as we'll get to later... In MLB news, you will see that also the players may be taking a little bit more of the blame this time, even though no doubt since the start the owners deserve most of it. And when I say most of it, I mean like 97% as opposed to 3%, like it was really, really far apart before. But the players may get a little bit more of that percentage of blame because of this past week. A lot has happened and a bit is still yet to happen, so a lot of it depends on that as well. But after this week, the middle of the road approach is looking stronger. That definitely both sides deserve at least some of the blame. It takes two to tango, and these last few weeks have been very ugly because of both sides, even if up to this point, the owners were really mainly to blame over it. So anyway, again, the question, did the restart of negotiations between the owners and players since Wednesday make you any more confident about baseball being played in 2020? And we'll talk about how those negotiations did start back up between the two sides on Wednesday later on in MLB News. But again, listen to how pessimistic these results are. Owners and players, listen up. The two choices again were yes, they did make me more confident, or no, it hasn't. And out of the hundreds and hundreds of votes in the baseball community that this received on Twitter, 82% voted that it did not make them any more confident of baseball being played in 2020. 82%. That's a lot of people. And only 18% said yes, the restart of negotiations did make them more confident in baseball being played in 2020. That is a landslide victory. It's obvious how people are feeling about this. They are not confident in the owners and players at all. And again, who could blame them because of the events that have played out for weeks on end now? So let's get down to the replies. We'll probably do about 15 replies before we move on to Instagram. But let's get down to the replies and hear what people are actually thinking. First up, we'll go with at peace now for life. And they say, unfortunately, I won't be confident that baseball will be played until they announce a deal is in place. The negotiations have been poor. And with news today that some players have tested positive for COVID, I don't feel confident. I just hope I'm wrong. And yeah, we'll get to all those reports regarding COVID and all the issues popping up in different states around the country and also throughout Major League Baseball personnel, the players, the team staffs, and all of that. There have been cases popping up and we're going to talk about it later. But as for now, I definitely agree with that, you know? That could have been the whole thing throughout all of this. If the negotiations weren't so public, they could have just waited until a deal was in place and maybe just gave some reports along the way, but every step of the way, it has been ugly, it has been very public, and a lot of people just throw their hands up in the air, as I've said in the past, and are just saying, you know what? Let me know whether an agreement is reached or not, and let that be the end of it. That's all. And I can't really blame people who are saying that. Up next is my good friend at Jake Rep and Y, and he says no, and seeing players catch COVID is not helping the cause. 
Yeah, of course. People catching COVID is never a good thing to help the cause or helping people to be more confident in anything resuming this year, whether it be baseball or any other sport. But with these cases popping up, it has some people panicked and concerned about what happens next. Then we add at Laker 477 and he says, honestly, no, it hasn't. At this point, I'm disgusted with all of the back and forth. Just tell me that you either came to an agreement or that the season has been canceled. Enough already. Well, that's very similar to what was said two replies ago about fans just saying, you know what, just let us know whether an agreement has been reached or it hasn't, and that's that, because we don't care to hear the in-between anymore. And again, I don't really blame people for feeling that way. I can't possibly blame them for feeling that way. That's how I've felt much of the time. As many other people have said on social media, and as I've said, the only losers in all of this have been the fans just watching this back and forth for countless weeks. We have been the only losers in this, and any ounce of frustration is well-warranted and deserved. Up next is at Little Gel, and she says slightly, yes, I suppose them talking about it and trying to reach an agreement is better than not talking at all, right? Have to be in discussion with each other to even have the opportunity to make anything happen. Doesn't mean I think it'll happen, though, unfortunately. Well, yeah, that's definitely a start to it, and that definitely was the start to it in the middle of the week when negotiations did resume after days of no talking between the two sides. And yeah, you have to be talking at least a little bit for any progress to be made. Absolutely. So I definitely agree. At BobbyTats631 says, I'm still confident there will be a season, but hope is dwindling down as the days pass. I just can't make sense of it anymore. Well, there is no making sense of it anymore other than just acknowledging that greed, pride, and money have been basically all that's dictated these negotiations up to this very day for countless weeks now. That's really it. And if you don't think like a greedy person, you're never going to understand it. And maybe that's a good thing because that means you're not greedy. (laughs) So there's that. But absolutely, the days continue to pass, the clock is ticking, and less and less time remains for negotiations. At MountainGal456 says, Unfortunately, it hasn't, Mike. After what I've seen for months now, I always feel let down. I still hope I'm wrong, but for now, I'm not real confident. You hearing that, owners and players? Everybody is not confident. You hear the reasoning? Because they're exhausted by it. Exactly what I've been preaching for weeks now. Listen closely. Up next, we have at Long Island underscore Tony, and he says, let me think about that. No. (laughs) So we got another pessimistic one. And again, I don't blame those of you who are being pessimistic with this even a little bit. At official 52011 says, I don't know because one, they haven't negotiated in good faith, and two, safety protocols haven't been agreed to yet. Well, definitely agreed about the safety protocols, and they may have to run a little bit more over that considering the recent spikes in COVID throughout many other states throughout the country, as well as throughout Major League Baseball with team personnel and players and so on. But when it comes to negotiating in good faith, I mean, yeah, we fans, the most important side, the third side in this equation, know that neither side has negotiated in good faith. But according to both sides and this being the owners and the players, they themselves have negotiated in good faith, just the other side hasn't. And it's like the battle of the five-year-olds here. So yeah, definitely no good faith negotiations to be found anywhere. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. At Lawler 95 says, I think there has to be baseball this year, given the fact that news broke yesterday about the universal DH being implemented this year and next year. Well, yeah, that was definitely part of one of the proposals, and we'll get to all of that later on in MLB News, so I'll hold off talk on that until later. But yes, the Universal DH was mentioned, and that is definitely something a lot of people would like to see implemented, and I wouldn't have a problem with it either, as many of you know, because whether people like it or not, as I've said, I've felt the Universal DH has been a long time coming, so I really was not surprised when that was a part of many of the proposals that have come across here. Not only the ones from this past week, but ones going back many weeks. 
At TJT Whitting here says, I'm almost giving up, but if they're still talking, then there is still hope. However, either way, it's left me a very unhappy fan. Well, my friend, you are by far not alone. My girlfriend at Vic Salimo replies with a gif of Daniel Bryan saying, yes, 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 which those of you who don't watch WWE, that's called the yes chance. If you're an Islanders fan out there, you may be familiar with that as well because that is their chant whenever a goal is scored in hockey. But yes, she replied with a gif saying, yes, yes, so... Vic, while I admire the optimism for this, it seems you are in the minority. <laughs> Definitely. Up next, we have Who Dat says, Nope, neither side really wants to get a deal done. And with the Phillies' COVID issues and numbers going up around the country, it's done. Over and out, maybe next year. Well, strong words, but you're not entirely wrong, and it goes to show just how many factors at this point, with them having taken so long with all these negotiations, there are a lot of factors working against them at this point, and that's just the truth. At DW one says, Yes, but only slightly. I don't understand why grown, educated men are unable to come to a mutual agreement. It makes my head hurt. Well, when this powerful force called greed is involved, especially on behalf of the owners, anything is possible, regardless of your education or age. Greed can grab a hold of just about anybody and make them act completely irrational or make them completely uncompromising. I mean, of course it makes your head hurt, especially when one side sends the other a proposal, whether it be an initiative proposal or a counter offer, the both sides saying, oh, it's a non-starter or it's dead on arrival or whatever. Just the immaturity when they're just sending proposals to one another. Shut up and keep talking. Like you said, they are grown and educated regardless of greed and greed can make people do stupid things as we have seen. That is a confirmed fact at this point. But still, I mean, some common sense should come to you and be like, you're negotiating. Of course, there are going to be things you like or don't like and certain offers and proposals. Just shut up and keep talking. No one wants to hear your petty remarks. No one. Just keep talking and get a deal done. So I hear you, man. Everything that's happened these past few weeks between these two sides in this exhausting saga is more than enough to get anybody's head to hurt. Of course, at the bare minimum, get anybody's head to hurt. But let's keep going. Up next, we have at DipKid23 says, The restart of negotiations mixed with multiple positive test results makes me feel as though we are doomed. They're fighting over 10 games. We have about a week before it's too late to do anything anyway, and it seems like we are no closer than we were weeks ago. Well, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying there. I totally agree. And when it comes to disputing 10 games and all that stuff, we'll get to that later on in MLB News with more details about the couple of proposals that surfaced this past week, as we all know about. But yes, it seems like after a few weeks pass, we arrive at a point that was the same point that we were at a couple of weeks prior, and it just seems like, wow, it just seemed like a total waste those couple of weeks prior and just makes you feel down about the overall situation. So I definitely understand that feeling of, wow, weeks have passed and it seems like we haven't taken any steps forward because that is what this whole process has been. It seems like very few steps have been taken to get baseball back this year. So let's do one more reply here on Twitter. And lastly, we have at Bob Tiss and he says, don't care anymore. And that's a good one to finish on because that is the definition of pessimism. It is probably the most dangerous answer that the league can get. Because that's what they've turned most fans to, thanks to their exhausting and selfish negotiations, most fans have turned to, I don't care. And when it comes to a business standpoint, when it comes to your product, that is the most dangerous answer you can get from your consumer, that they don't care whether you return or not. We have already established on past Yapping Yankees episodes just how many people feel this way. There are a great many of them, and it's tough to blame those people, even if you don't necessarily agree 
agree with them, you look back and see how ugly this process has been, and you can't necessarily blame them too much, but there are a great many of them, and the league has themselves to blame for it. As we've said, baseball's worst enemy is probably Major League Baseball as of these last few weeks, with these disastrous negotiations. So as far as pessimism is concerned, Bob, that's a good one to finish on, and I do hope that somebody hears that because that personifies what a lot of fans in the community are feeling after these negotiations have taken place these last few weeks and are still yet to even be wrapped up. As we'll get to later, we're towards the end of this whole process, but as of what's happened, you can't blame many people for feeling this way. They've been driven to I don't care. That's what they've been driven to, and the league has only themselves to blame for it. And I warned early on, if it went on as ugly as this, that it would get to this point where you would turn fans off and put the product in a lot of danger, and a lot of damage has been done. All you gotta do is go on social media, that's what this is for, and gauge the public on their thoughts on this. It's all right there. But as for Twitter, that is all for today with the replies. As always, thank you all for the poll interactions on there. Let's head on to Instagram before we wrap up this week's poll segment. Obviously, the same question applies on Instagram as it did on Twitter. And as a reminder, the question is, did the restart of negotiations between owners and players since Wednesday make you any more confident about baseball being played in 2020? And again, the same choices apply here. Either yes, they did make you feel more confident or no, it did not make you feel more confident. And like on Twitter, guys, even on Instagram, pessimism prevailed here. And again, I can't blame anybody. Out of all of those who voted here on Instagram, 75% of those who voted said no, the restart of negotiations did not make them feel more confident about baseball being played this year. And only 25% of people said yes, it did make them feel more confident. So again, Major League Baseball, the fans have spoken. People are not confident in any of you. Let's get to a couple of our Instagram replies. Up first, we have Kevin YC0816, and he says, heck no, there's always an issue. (laughs) It would seem so. These last few weeks, it has been nothing but issues throughout negotiations. You are totally right, Kevin. Then we had Richard Chin, and he says, I hope there is one, but after today's news, I don't know if there is one. If there isn't one, it'll be the first time that MLB doesn't have a season. Well, yeah, it would definitely be history, that's for sure and it would be irritating to a lot of people, especially considering if both sides just put their big boy pants on and negotiated like mature adults, maybe found compromises, middle grounds, and did the best thing for the sport and the fans and actually the right moral factors, maybe we could add something going earlier. And if there is no baseball to be played this year just because of money, that's what will have many people irritated, remembering what we could have had if not for greed. That is what will irritate people in the end, mostly if there is no baseball. They will remember all the petty remarks and the petty arguing and back and forth about money for weeks and weeks, and people are going to be upset over that and never forget it, nor should they. I'll never forget it, as I've said. I'll still stick with baseball because I can't tear myself away, and also I plan on talking about this and the other sports for a living, but I'll never forget all of the nonsense and all of the greed that's taken place throughout all of this. I'll never forget that. But let's wrap up, as always, on Instagram with my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she replied to the poll saying that, I trust that they all know how much they'll lose if they don't play, and I'm not talking about money, fans, future revenue of sales, emptier stadiums, I can go on and on. They will play. 
All right, Mom, and regardless of how we get baseball this year, whether it be a mandated season or if they agree on one of the proposals that came out this past week, which again, we'll get to later in more in-depth discussion, you are remaining optimistic that we will get baseball this year, and that's admirable, but... Unfortunately, but understandably so, it seems optimism lately has taken a backseat to pessimism and is now in the minority. But those are this week's replies for the poll on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. I greatly appreciate all the interactions, guys. You know that. And you also know the drill. If I wasn't able to get to you this week, and I do know there were a few of you I couldn't get to, that's usually what's been happening the last few weeks. But just keep on replying to the polls each week, and I'll definitely get to your response on another poll in the future. Unfortunately, as you guys know, sometimes it's just not always easy to get to everybody, but I do my best. Just keep on commenting. Alright, so, now that that poll discussion is done with, we'll get on to some news to delve further into what some people were talking about in their replies in just a few minutes, but first, we shall briefly tackle some Yankees talk, and there isn't much, but just a couple of quick updates, one of them being about the letter from Commissioner Rob Manfred to Yankees General Manager Brian Cashman that the federal judge wants unsealed. Now, we did speak about this a bit in the intro to last week's show, if you remember, so I'm not going to go into every nitty-gritty detail again necessarily, but just as a quick reminder, the letter was speculated to possibly have some plaintiffs within it, alleging that the Yankees may have partaken in a big sign-stealing scheme like that of Houston in 2017. There is, of course, no proof to such claims as of yet since the letter is yet to be unsealed, and all the Yankees haters have already come to their own conclusions that the Yankees cheated and that they're hiding the truth, but... A few reporters have come out to say that if the letter is in fact unsealed, that people will not find anything beyond what was apparently the main subject of it in the first place. That main subject being the Yankees' dugout phone violation from 2015 or 2016, when now former pitching coach Larry Rothschild used the dugout phone to call the video replay room to ask whether a pitch was a ball or a strike. And the Yankees paid a fine for it, a smaller one than that of the Red Sox at the time, when the Red Sox used Apple Watches to steal signs against the Yankees in 20. 2017. The Red Sox were fined for that, and then the Yankees were given their smaller fines shortly thereafter for the dugout phone violation from a year or two prior. That was the sequence of those events. And now, as I said, people believe there's more to this letter that Manfred sent to the Yankees, and that something more is this possibility of Manfred and the Yankees hiding the fact that the Yankees were also participating in a much bigger sign-stealing scandal like that of the Astros. And because of this, a federal judge asked for this letter to be unsealed. Even though it was sealed by law because of confidentiality, as the Yankees' lawyers have said. There was also word from the Yankees that some of the contents of the letter could cause damage to certain people's reputations, apparently. Of course, none of us know who they're talking about or why they say this because the letter is still sealed. But because of those reasons I just mentioned as to why they don't want the letter unsealed, earlier in the week, the Yankees filed an appeal against the unsealing of this letter for legal reasons and also, as they say, because it can apparently cause damage to certain people's reputations. So that's the latest with this whole situation, and I just thought I'd update you and cover that, and no one is sure if this will turn into anything. But many people have already said there really isn't anything in the letter talking about the Yankees doing a big sign-stealing scheme, and of course, as I said before on the other hand, everyone who hates the Yankees has already jumped to conclusions and are saying the Yankees cheated, they should apologize. Truth is, nothing is certain with this letter still sealed. There's nothing to prove that this won't turn into anything, and there's nothing to prove that this will be something. 
nothing, and there won't be anything to support either of those sides until the letter is unsealed, if it even is to be unsealed at all. And as I've already said, if the Yankees are in fact guilty of doing a huge, elaborate sign-stealing scheme like that of Houston, they deserve to be punished, and I will be first in line to rip them to shreds both here on Yapping Yankees and on social media. I don't shy away from ripping my own team when they deserve it. You've heard me do it plenty of times before. I'm no biased hypocrite, but there's a very real chance that this could just be nothing too. So everyone, again, needs to chill for now with this whole thing until we have more to go on. But I would like to see what is in the letter for sure, because if there's nothing to hide, then just unseal it and prove to the public that there is nothing to hide beyond just that minor dugout phone violation. But if there is something to hide, that should also come out because the team would deserve to be punished, and they would deserve to be ripped to shreds about it accordingly. So despite the Yankees' legal reasons, even as a Yankee fan, I'm for the unsealing of this letter. I would be fine, especially if it turns out to be nothing, because that would just shut everybody up real quick now, wouldn't it? But if it is something, we deserve to know that too. So again, we just have to wait until we have more to go on with this whole situation. And until then, I think everybody, again, just needs to relax with this whole thing. Let's see how this plays out. The Yankees had until the 19th, I think, to file their appeal for it to be unsealed. They filed their appeal, and we'll see how it goes from here. But in other Yankees news, as of yesterday on Saturday, we did get news both from New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo, and we later got it confirmed by both the Yankees and the Mets. Some good news for you. If baseball is to happen this year, news did break that when spring training is to start, if baseball is to happen, the Yankees and the Mets are going to hold spring training in their home stadiums up here in New York at City Field and Yankee Stadium. Of course, the Mets in their respective park in City Field and the Yankees in their respective park in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Now, this is probably because of the spike in COVID cases, especially in states like Florida and Arizona. And again, we're going to get to all of that later in MLB News. But regardless, if we are to get baseball, I think it would be really cool to have the Yankees and the Mets back in their respective home stadiums up here in New York. The idea of this was thrown around, I think, a month or two ago. If you listen back to prior Yapping Yankees episodes, this was discussed as a possibility a while back of the Yankees holding spring training in Yankee Stadium and the Mets holding spring training in Citi Field. But nothing about it was confirmed at the time, but now, as of yesterday, we do have it confirmed from the New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo, who is just waiting on word for the baseball season, like the rest of us, and the Yankees and the Mets themselves, that both teams will be holding spring training up here in New York if we are to get baseball this year, so that's pretty cool. And not only is it pretty cool, but honestly, just whatever keeps the players and team personnel safest, that is what's most important. And according to reports, all of us up here in New York have done a damn fine job in keeping COVID cases relatively low. We're still reporting the lowest death numbers from COVID every single day up here in New York since this whole thing started back in March. And lowest COVID cases too, which is a surprise considering New York really was the epicenter. But... If this is the safest place to play, and of course, as we know, places like Arizona and Florida and many other states around the country are spiking in COVID cases, if the best option for the Yankees and Mets is to play here in New York for spring training if baseball is to happen, then by all means, for those reasons, and because it would be cool to see the guys up here for spring training, by all means, play here in New York. So that was definitely some good news from the New York State governor and from the Yankees as well. Only one thing left to do now, and that's to get baseball back. (laughs) For the love of God. But lastly, in Yankees news today, I also did just want to give you another piece of good news having to do with Aaron Hicks, and then just reminding you where some of the other guys, when it comes to Yankees injuries, where they really are in their process of getting healthy again, just in case you need a little bit of a refresher course. 
and we'll just run through some of it really quick. But when it comes to Aaron Hicks, a really positive update came from the Yankees, especially after there was video that surfaced of him in batting practice, just taking really good, and it seemed like completely healthy swings, taking some really good hacks at baseballs in BP. And then as of a day or two ago, the official report did come out that Aaron Hicks will be completely ready to go if baseball is in fact played at some point next month. And like James Paxton and Giancarlo Stanton, who also had very good timing and timetables for their injuries as far as this whole pandemic was concerned, these are all guys who would have missed significant time if the season were going as normal, and now instead, they have missed no time. You can definitely say they've benefited from all of this, and if they are to play next month, they will be all ready to go without having missed any time. And even for those who are still going to miss the entire year, like Luis Severino, for instance, who got Tommy John surgery the same week that spring training started, basically, they will miss whatever games are played if baseball is played this year, but you can't argue the fact that those sorts of injuries could not have picked a better year to happen if they had to happen at all. I mean, this is the year to choose to get that sort of a surgery where you're not even missing any time. And it's even better if you're like James Paxson, who had to get back surgery and was expecting to recover and then rehab and not be ready to go until around May, maybe even June. And now he hasn't missed any time at all and he's ready to go whenever. Stanton just needed a few weeks to recover and rehab his calf injury, and that happened back in March, so he's long ready to go. And now Aaron Hicks, who got Tommy John surgery in the offseason, as we know, and his timetable was around June, maybe July. Less time for him than that of a pitcher, of course, because he's a position player. But nonetheless, he could not have picked a better time for this to happen because he has not missed any time so far. And if baseball were to return in July, it would be just in time for him to be completely ready to go. How about that timing, honestly? It doesn't get much better than that. So now you have Paxton, Hicks, and Stanton, three guys who either had surgeries or got hurt months ago and without a pandemic would have missed significant time in the 2020 season, now ready to go whenever baseball is to start back up in mid to late July without having missed any time at all. Does it get much better than that if an injury does have to happen? I don't think it does. Of course, I'm not downplaying the pandemic or anything or saying the pandemic is a good thing in general. I am not saying that. I'm not a monster. The pandemic is awful. Don't get me wrong. Everything that's happened for months now has just been terrible. But since the pandemic did happen and they had their injury timelines and now we have the speculated time as to when baseball could return if we do get it, the timing worked out well for these guys. That's just a fact. So now you have Paxton, Stanton, and Hicks ready to go if if baseball's to start back up in around mid to late July. So that's great. Of course, Luis Severino is off the table until 2021 because of his Tommy John surgery, but again, at least he's missed no time as it is in 2020. And as far as Aaron Judge is concerned, I know a lot of you have been waiting for an Aaron Judge update, but that's because there really hasn't been one. There really hasn't been much word on Judge. I and everybody else probably just assumes that his rib is still healing ever so slowly, I suppose. But he's another guy who hasn't had to live with too much stress about missing games in 2020 because there haven't been any games this year. So he'll continue to take his time. His rib is still probably slowly healing. But as far as Stanton, Paxton, and Hicks, again, I couldn't be happier for these guys. The timing worked to perfection for them. And we already reported in weeks past that Stanton and Paxton were all set to go, but... It's awesome to be able to report to you this week that Aaron Hicks has joined them in being ready to go whenever baseball is to be played, if it is to be played this year. So more good news in the Yankees injury department. But with that being said, when it comes to news, 
Not everything is as good and straightforward as the Yankees news that I just told you about, especially not in MLB news for this past week. It was beyond hectic. This past week has been nothing short of an absolute roller coaster. So let's get into all of that and then we'll end today and enjoy Father's Day. Does that sound like a plan? Well, it better be because you don't have much say in the matter anyway, but <laughs> but we'll get into some MLB news now. And as I said, absolute roller coaster this past week. Not only have there been a lot of reports of players and coaches and so on being diagnosed with the coronavirus, and I don't know for sure, but I heard that some of those reports are about people who have possibly already recovered and whatnot. But there were also reports on Friday of five players and three staff members with the Phillies, as people mentioned in the replies earlier, testing positive. So that's... That's obviously not good, and I hope they can get that under control. Both the Phillies and the Blue Jays, too, have shut down their facilities, and now the league is closing all 30 of the camps or facilities in Florida and Arizona for deep cleansing and hopefully establishing a testing system for players if there is to be baseball. So hopefully things will improve on that side with getting the facilities under control and making sure everyone's safe before it gets completely out of hand, because obviously we do not want that. We all want everyone to be safe and healthy first and foremost, obviously. But in any event, this week was all over the place. And I'm going to run through everything quickly because I and everyone else, as we've been saying, we've all been so over all of this as the fans who have been dragged through the mud with this back and forth seminar for countless weeks now. And we've definitely all had enough. I think that's safe to say. But let's start with Monday, the first part of the week. And things were just worse than ever after a few days had passed since the owners and players had said they were basically done with each other and accused each other of negotiating in bad faith. And we went over all of that last week. So be sure to listen back to episode 51 of Yapping Yankees from last Sunday if you missed all of that. But now Monday comes around and Rob Manfred, the already disliked commissioner by many, including myself, and I have voiced why I don't like him plenty of times in the past. And he comes out on Monday. Now, this is five days after he told the world that we would unequivocally 100% be getting baseball in 2020. We spoke about this last Sunday. You remember me reporting that because it was a legitimate report. He only said this five days prior to this past Monday. He said that on Wednesday, June 10th. And regardless of how you felt about the 50-game season he said he would enforce if it came to that point, it had a lot of people, at least to a certain degree, including myself, saying, okay, at least we're getting baseball, even if it's only 50 games. We're still getting some form of baseball. Then, this past Monday, five days, again, five days after he said that, Manfred, ironically, appeared on a program called The Return of Sports, very ironic, to say that he was then not confident that baseball would return. And everyone, including myself, just lost it. Not only because of the way that I and countless others feel about the owners and Manfred, who's basically their mouthpiece, as many people feel the need to remind everyone, including me, about 85 times, even though we already know that Manfred is for the owners since they put him in the commissioner position and they have the power to remove him too. We weren't born yesterday, guys. Thanks for the reminder, but we know. Just had to get that out too. But not only because of all that, but because again, as I've said, the only losers in this whole thing have been us, the third side in this whole mess that hasn't been considered, the fans, the main source of profit for both sides to begin with, who have been just desperate to get any form of our beloved sport back. 
and I've yelled and screamed about all that stuff enough, and I know I'm sort of doing it again now, but I'm not keeping you here going through all of that again for an hour, but things were bad on Monday when he said this, and basically everyone, from fans to players and so on, went after Manfred after going back on his word like that. Now, you guys know many reasons why I'm not a fan of Manfred, because first of all, I find it challenging to have respect for someone who's basically been a yes-man for the owners, whether or not he has a choice on the matter, which I don't know about you, but I care more about doing right by the sport, by both its fans and the game's popularity and financial success in the short and long-term future. And if my bosses weren't doing right by it and not taking the best course of action for the sake of the sport, which has already been significantly damaged with these disastrous and very public negotiations, I would speak the hell up about it. Show some backbone. But that's just me. Whatever. I'm not the commissioner. But I also have many problems with Manfred that go back from when he was chuckling at the podium on live national television while addressing the media about the worst cheating scandal in the game's history just months ago to when he called the World Series trophy just a piece of metal, to all of the nonsensical efforts that he and the owners have made to, quote, grow the game with speeding up the pace of play and whatnot, with methods that have done little to nothing to improve such things. It's just a lot. We've been through all of this on many different past Yapping Yankees episodes. And then in the last couple of days, I have to listen to people going on and on about their opinions on how they feel about starting extra innings with a runner on second base. <laughs> Oh, God, it just doesn't end with the stupid suggestions on behalf of Rob Manfred in the league. It just doesn't end. <laughs> Runner on second base. And also, it's just easy for a lot of people, since most, if not all, owners basically never go public, and their actions or thoughts basically go through Manfred. It's just easier for people to go after the representative of the owners, who of course is Manfred. But Manfred also has to take responsibility, too, for things he's both partaken in and has said in the past. He still has the title of commissioner regardless of whether or not it's just a mouthpiece for the owners, but you still have a duty to represent the sport with honor. Otherwise, why have a commissioner? And Manfred doesn't even tend to do that primary job well of representing and speaking for the owners and the game either. You think that chuckling with the scandal from months ago is a good look? One of the worst scandals in the game's history, if not the worst? Chuckling on live television? You think calling the World Series trophy just a piece of metal is a good look? Do you think toying with fans even more than we've already been toyed with is a good look? By saying we're 100% unequivocally getting baseball, despite how bad things are between the owners and the players union, and then going back on your word completely, less than a week later? I'm sorry, I hold people responsible. Both him and the owners. But Manfred, with the title of commissioner, needs to as well. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with that, but I don't really care. It's the way I feel. I know the league only cares about their money, I know. And that's another thing that people feel compelled to have to remind me, that they're businessmen. Oh wow guys, thanks, I didn't know that. Come on, what do I look like over here? I know this, but even if you want to take it from the business standpoint, fine. Let's take it from the business standpoint. We've already discussed this too. But how do you think it would do for their business or financial aspirations if greed were to continue going forward, leading to no agreement, and baseball doesn't return when most of or all other sports do return after the damage that's already been done with these horrendous negotiations for countless weeks and with tensions still being bad with the CBA on the horizon next year, which could lead to a strike in 2022 on top of all of this? 
What kind of an effect do you think that'll have on the short-term and long-term futures of baseball when it comes to financial success, popularity, and growing the game? Well, I'll tell you, not a good one. Even if the season has to be mandated or implemented to start with no agreement, how does that look for both sides that they couldn't come to an agreement and a season had to be implemented? With how many opportunities they had to find a middle ground and compromise? Not a good look. And as we'll get to later, it really doesn't seem that's going to happen, finding a middle ground. But also, seriously, regardless of what could happen later in the year, too, no one knows for sure with the virus. You need to worry about the here and now. And right now, baseball needs to return. And how it looks like it could return now here on Sunday, at this point, we'll get to in just a bit. But right now, we're still on Monday, doing real good on time. But the bottom line is this. After this little rant, I'd say that when Monday came around, not only were communications between the two sides still non-existent, since the players' union said they were done after the 72-game proposal we discussed last week that was given on Friday, but after Manfred went back on his word too, things were just, I'd say on Monday, worse than ever at that point. The Players Association was disgusted. They threatened a grievance against the league, basically for not doing all they could with the amount of games they proposed and not doing all they can in general. And they were just overall disgusted. Things were just bad. Then from Monday all the way through to later Tuesday, tons of players took to Twitter from Anthony Rizzo to Max Scherzer to Pete Alonso, Gary Sanchez, and many others and reiterated what the PA said after rejecting the last proposal by the league, the 72-game proposal. They repeated, just tell us when and where and that enough is enough. That's what they kept on repeating as they did after that last proposal at the time. What was the last proposal? That 72-game one. It basically turned into a social media movement amongst the players, the tell us when and where posts. But also on Tuesday, and I do want to just mention this quickly because the minor leaguers have been a big talking point here on Yapping Yankees too, with what the pandemic has done to them, their season, and to them financially when minor leaguers in general were underpaid as it was. But Tuesday gave us some good news as the PA's Players Trust announced that they're committing a million dollars to help minor leaguers in these difficult times. And it's always good to hear things like this. The minor leaguers are trying to make a living just like the rest of us, and they should be cared for, especially by the higher-ups who can afford to help them. I wonder what organizations like the Yankees thought when they read this. All the more reasons for the Yankees to be ashamed of releasing 45 minor leaguers, as I yelled about a couple of weeks ago, when they're amongst the richest teams in sports overall. But it's good to hear when people are doing all they can to help those who need it. So this effort was very nice to see from the PA's Players Trust, and I definitely wanted to shed some light on that. But let's keep moving forward through the week, though. We're only up to Wednesday now, for the love of God. So, on to Wednesday. This was when things started, believe it or not, to take a turn for the better. It was reported on Wednesday that Rob Manfred and the head of the Players Association, Tony Clark, had a face-to-face meeting in Phoenix, Arizona that was said to be a productive one. Finally, a face-to-face meeting with the two sides, right? That's what you were thinking back on Wednesday. It's about freaking time. I mean, I mean, really. Should have tried that from the start. Put on some masks, sit apart from each other, and talk. (laughs) I mean, just talk. Sit down at the same table and hash it out like a couple of grown men. Grown men who probably shouldn't have their jobs for much longer, but that's besides the point. So this was definitely an encouraging step after the two sides were basically done negotiating for days since five days prior on Friday with the 72-game proposal, and they were ready to file grievances against each other or one side against the other for not negotiating in good faith, which was the expression they just loved to use. So the lines of communication were open again. That was a positive takeaway from this at the 
time. And shortly after the announcement of this meeting, a new proposal surfaced on behalf of the League. And you'll see soon how important this proposal would end up being when we're caught up to now. So not only were the lines of communication back open between the two sides, but they had their first face-to-face -face meeting, a productive one at that, and it resulted in another proposal. The League's proposal called for a 60-game season that would start on July 19th with full prorated pay for the players. And as we know, the most games the League offered with full prorated pay prior to this was 50. They now moved it to 60. 60 games within about 70 days, since they'd still want to end at the end of September, with the most mentioned date up to that point being September 27th for the final day of the season. So that's a tight window, no doubt. 60 games in about 70 days. But even at this point, it's the hand they've been dealt. They've taken a long time with this. It also offers expanded playoffs. 16 teams would go to the playoffs, which I've given my take on whether I like that or not. And you'd know that I said, although it may sound arrogant out of the mouth of a Yankees fan like myself, and it would help smaller market teams who don't make it to the playoffs a lot, but you'd know I'm not a big fan of what would basically be teams who are barely winning 80 games, possibly getting a playoff spot. I just think at that point, you're going into NBA sort of territory where a team with 39 or 40 wins either just misses or even earns the eight seed. So that's that. And by the way, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way because a lot of Yankee fans feel the same way, but I also don't want to be one-sided and rigid and biased. I also ask many of my friends who are fans of smaller market teams, and believe it or not, they share my opinion on that. So it's whatever. But this proposal would put this in place for 2020 and 2021, which I don't get the 2021 part. I guess this is their way of putting their little changes into the game again, taking advantage of this whole situation and saying, ah, oh, we'll try it for next year too, even when things could be completely normal again. And when it comes to changes like this, you know that I've said, if these changes were to be for this year only, I get it. Especially if they make the season happen, if it helps the sides to get on the same page more, or if it did in the past when they were negotiating more, then I would be on board with it. Because of the pandemic, this season is already extremely different than we already know any other normal season to be. And I already view this year as being a year that could be sort of a test run for certain things that they want to try out. But when we have a normal season back, I'm a little more hesitant to still these radical changes like that. Call me a traditionalist, but I'm just not that big of a fan of a change like that. I'm really not, and I have my reasons as I've stated them clearly on this show. And I definitely think they're using this pandemic to sort of slip these things in for future years too, along with that ridiculous idea about putting a runner on second in extra innings too. But I digress. The DH in the National League would also be in place for 2020 and 2021, and this proposal also waives the right for grievances. No grievances. So I'd say this was definitely a good start to get talks going again at the very least. And obviously this time period was really the motivation for this week's poll question. But despite the good news at the time of talks restarting between the two sides and a proposal coming out, I and many others expected the players union to maybe try and offer a counter proposal for more games to be played. Despite the rumors of them being close on an agreement, which the players union and all reporters, basically except for John Heyman, quickly denied. <laughs> People aren't even on the same page about whether they're close on an agreement or not. <laughs> what a mess. But they were not close on an agreement. But that proposal was made, and it was a positive step, that's for sure. And many people, including myself, again, expected a counterproposal from the players' union. And as reports said, they would do just that, the very next day, Thursday. So this was the second proposal reported in just two days, this one on behalf of the players' union. This was their counter to the league in the union's effort to have more games played. 
This proposal offered a 70-game season with full prorated salaries instead of 60 games. This season would run from July 19th to September 30th with $50 million in playoff bonuses, a 50-50 split of new postseason TV revenues in 2021, I assume because of how much it was announced that the owners make from TV deals. (laughs) The proposal also includes forgiveness of salary advance for Tier 1 through 3 players, the Universal DH again, and also again, the waivers of grievances on both sides because who the hell needs a lawsuit. So that was the PA's proposal. So I don't blame them for countering at all. That's a part of negotiating and I saw them doing it. But shockingly, the owners rejected it. They basically just said, ah, we're not even going to reply to it. So basically more or less rejecting it. And as of Friday, the owners officially made the statement that they will not play more than 60 games in 2020, basically putting it on the players to give an answer for the 60-game proposal that was offered Wednesday. So that tell-us-when-and-where movement may have to kick in now, since the owners have made their position, however uncompromising, not even willing to maybe find a middle ground of 65 games, very clear. Since apparently, countering with a lousy 10 more games is such a travesty. That's the thing too, and the PA is guilty of this as well in the past. Both sides have gotten so outraged at each other simply after receiving a proposal from one another, saying it's a non-starter or dead on arrival. As I said earlier, just shut up. What are you, three? Be quiet and keep talking. Shut your mouths. No one wants to hear your petty remarks about one another. But apparently they must be completely oblivious to public opinion because they keep on doing that. So yeah, who knows how much longer this will go on, maybe another week, but that's probably the most it could go if you want to start around July 19th, as the Wednesday and Thursday proposals said, or even in mid to late July overall, since the owners were also contemplating starting a few days later, creeping towards the end of July, and maybe play 60 games in an even tighter window, and have the season wrapped up by the mentioned date of September 27th, or in that last week of September overall, but who knows, I'm just tired of being upset about this whole thing. It's draining. I'm drained, as I know you are too with this whole thing. But we'll keep track of this until the end, as per freaking usual, and see if the players will play the 60 games that the godforsaken owners propose, some of which are fine with no season at all, by the way. I almost forgot about this, but a player agent on Tuesday reported that there are, in fact, around eight owners or so who said that they're good with no season because of the financial losses they take by playing without fans. And we've been through all those numbers and nonsense. So why don't those owners just do us all a favor when this is all said and done, when things get back to normal and sell their teams? Selfish good for nothings. (sighs) So right now, We have to see if the players accept the 60-game proposal or the 50-game mandated one from March, which will probably be enforced, and who knows if a grievance would be filed at that point. It's just crazy. But again, the positive takeaway from this week, regardless of how little this means at this point here on Sunday, and although there's still no official agreement, was that the lines of communication were open again with that productive meeting between Manfred and Tony Clark with two proposals, one from each side, coming out right away after that meeting, especially the 60-game one being decided now. But there are also, of course, lots of things to work out too with the financials and with COVID itself, with the news about it affecting people like it's affecting the Phillies and Blue Jays, people testing positive for it, as I said before, and having to close facilities in Florida and Arizona and all of that. So while I think things did take a turn for the better days ago, especially from the way things were at the start of the week on Monday, since communications were open again and the meeting happened, which again, despite the damage that's already been done, was better late than never, and the proposals were given, the owners
owners and players have a lot on their plate, and a lot to discuss with their respective parties here. And I feel we're only a week or so from it being too late. July is in about a week and a half, guys, and they need to move quickly. Or baseball, again, risks being one of, if not the only sport, to not return at some capacity this year, and sinking in popularity even further. We've discussed it all already. They've got to make a decision. It's nothing that hasn't been said already. They've got to decide. There's no other way. They've got to decide on the 60-game proposal or if a season's going to have to be mandated. It's June 21st, so we'll see. Again, though, I'm just so freaking tired of talking about this week after week, especially after how fuming mad we all were on Monday after Manfred's announcement about not being confident in there being baseball this year when he had just said five days prior to that that there would unequivocally 100% be baseball. Us fans are the only losers in all of this, as I've said, and we can only hope that a decision is made, and soon, so this discussion can finally start to subside. But one thing's for sure, if I would have done this show on Monday or Tuesday instead of now, with the way things were at the beginning of the week, (laughs) you would have gotten an angrier mic. (laughs) But let's see what happens, guys. Time is running down with this whole process, we'll see what comes of it, and I can't wait to not talk about this anymore, and actually be able to just generally talk mostly about the Yankees, much more than this stuff, but again, as I've said, we have to talk about this, because whether or not baseball is returning this year is contingent on all of this stuff. The financial negotiations, what's doing with the virus, and you know I'm just as tired of talking about it as you are. I don't enjoy talking about this stuff, and I'm tired of yelling about it. That's why I've tried to just give the info, give my take as quickly as possible, and that's it. Because since all of this started, I've said basically all there is to be said. I've covered it all. And you'd know that if you're a regular listener of mine here on Yapping Yankees, or if you see my reactions to things as they happen on social media, or both. But you can't really avoid all of this, because the Yankees and baseball as a whole in 2020 is relying on what happens with all of this. And things are not looking good right now for more reasons than one, as we've discussed today. But anything can change on any given day. As we saw on Wednesday when things took a complete 180 from no negotiating at all for days to the first face-to-face meeting since the start of all this crap, resulting in two proposals back-to-back, one from each side, one day after the other. But there's also definitely more reason to not feel better because as of now, the owners want nothing to do with that 70-game proposal, making it clear that they won't play more than 60 games after making a big deal about 10 more games being offered in the union's proposal, when I and basically everybody else too offer that they try at 65 games to meet in the middle. One side offers 60, the other offers 70. Try 65. But again, to no one's surprise, yet another stunning example of the complete inability of these people to compromise and meet in the middle. To no one's surprise, though. All of this alongside COVID cases spiking in many states around the country and amongst people in Major League Baseball from team personnel to players, all of their families possibly, and so on. And now we have to see what the players do about the 60-game proposal from Wednesday while the league figures things out too. But time is running out with lots of decisions to still be made, including safety procedures with these COVID cases spiking now. And that's also part of what the players' union is factoring into their decision as they decide on whether to take the 60-game proposal or not, and I don't need to remind everyone what it'll do to the sport if they don't play only because of their disagreements on money. Again, safety concerns are understood, but only over money and pride just to win in negotiations? I don't need to remind anybody what that would do to the sport and who pays the price. 
and we all know 99.9% of all of this has been about the money and pride up to this point, more or less. So, we'll see what happens with this tale of two sides who care not for the fans or the sport, but only for their petty pride and money. The PA says they'll take a few days to decide, but we're at the end of this, I hope. And I think it should be in their best interest to take the 60-game proposal. And if they don't, that would factor into what I was saying earlier in the show, when the players would share more blame than they have up until now with this whole thing. They started a tell-us-when-and-where movement. And this doesn't factor in with the fact that they countered with their 70 game proposal, because that's a part of negotiating, as I said. But however uncompromising it is that the owners maybe could have met in the middle afterwards with 65 games and didn't, they've made their stance clear. They are not going past 60 games. So with that being said, you can't start a tell-us-when-and-where movement and then reject these 60 games. I did like the tell-us-when-and-where posts, but it turns into a negative if you don't accept this after saying that. This is probably the last proposal. This is it take it. It would be better to take it rather than denying it after all the tell us when and where posts resulting in either no baseball or a shortened season implemented by Manfred with no agreement found. Again, for obvious reasons, it would just be an awful look for the PA and the sport. The owners have already tried to paint the PA in as bad a light as possible through the media enough. We all know how manipulative they've been with that in order to put pressure on the players' union, and enough damage has already been done overall. And yes, again, most of, or all of it, has been thanks to the owners' greed. And they showed it again by not at least offering to settle at 65 games as a response to the 70-game proposal, resulting in the two sides having a difference of and disputing a lousy 10 freaking games. We've already established for weeks how and why the owners are primarily to blame. And even now, we know they could afford another five freaking games. Come on. But don't do any more damage to the whole situation than there already is by declining this proposal. This shouldn't be about pride, winning a petty, disastrous, and very public argument, or about greed anymore. Leave the greed to the owners. I'm talking to the PA now. The future of baseball is hanging in the balance with enough damage done already. Take your few days, mow it over, and if safety protocols permit, I advise you take the proposal. 60 games is better than an implemented 50 or no baseball at all, which could also result in a grievance from either side to make things even messier. We know the owners could have offered more games, but this is what we're left with thanks to them. So accept it and take the most games possible for yourselves and the fans, who are amongst millions struggling in their everyday lives enough and just want their beloved sport back, seeing you, the players, out there again. Sometimes in life, you need to swallow your pride for the greater good. The owners have shown complete inability to do that as the billionaires, the ones in charge. And whether we like it or not, it's up to the PA now. And I hope that at the end here, they can ultimately do what the owners could not be better. So, we'll see what happens, guys. But as for now, that is all for episode 52 of Yapping Yankees today. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it. The list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, Grunt 
TalksMLB.com to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jab for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow me on all social media, guys, and spread the word there. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap as I do every week to you, the listener. Whether you listen, give feedback on the show, vote or reply on the polls, interact with me personally, support me and the podcast, and show love on social media, whatever it is in the world that you do to show your love and support, I tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your believing in me every single day. Thank you, guys. I hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 52, are available on YouTube, and episodes 33 all the way back to episode 1 are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero and I will talk to you next Sunday, June 28th when I come at you with episode 53 of Yapping Yankees. Until next Sunday, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe out there, look out for your loved ones and also again, happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. Have a good week guys. I'm off to spend the day with dad. I will talk to you next Sunday and we will see where we're at with everything by then. Take care. Thank you.